Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in. Time for another March to Match Day here at 92.9 The Game and Off the Woodwork. I'm Jason Longshore, and I am getting ready for our trip to Montreal. Atlanta United facing Club de Foot Montreal Saturday night, 7 p.m. for the Five Stripes Countdown, 7.39 for kickoff. Full-time report for an hour after the final whistle from Stad Saputo. And it's been a very busy week in the Atlanta United universe. We've seen comings. We've seen goings. We've seen a 2-0 win over the Philadelphia Union last Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I know we talked a lot about that on Atlanta Soccer tonight. But just in case you didn't catch that, I wanted to share this clip from post-game. Gonzalo Pineda speaking about the lineup change and maybe the formation tweak and then also the team's performance in that big 2-0 win over the Union. Here's Gonzalo Pineda. Well, uh, I have to come back to 2021. 2021 was back five. George Bello, Anton Walks, um, Mike Robinson, Alan Franco, and Brooks Leno. That was the back five. Santi with Rosetto Mosley, then uh, Marcelino or... Um, Barco, then Joseph and, and Luis. So that was very similar to what we did today with different players. Um, and this year, at the beginning, pre-season and that, out of the back four, we were tweaking at times to back three with Andrew Guman as a center back, right? So I think the game model doesn't change. So then making these little tweaks is easier when we're playing the same style and it's just a little adjustment. Um, but I think the credit is always to the players because uh, we can have the master plan here, but if they don't have the determination, the commitment, the hard work, the intelligence to play the game model and adjust at times things that we didn't review in the film or in the training session and they do better, they, they understand the situation and, and play the right pass or, or do the right run or, or, or just, just, just the decision-making is good, I think it's all on the players. So it was a great performance. I just told them that individually and collectively, it was fantastic. I cannot think of one player that didn't have an outstanding game. I think everyone had an outstanding game, and that's what we need. That's the standard. Now, what's interesting about Atlanta and Montreal is that they play, at least if Atlanta stays with what they did against Philadelphia, they play in similar shapes, 
three center backs, wing backs who are free to get forward, central midfielders, and then three attackers. Now, Montreal, typically, it's a little bit more of a 10 behind two forwards. Atlanta United on Sunday, it was more of two 10s behind a forward. That might look different this week with Yorgos Yakimakis dealing with a hamstring injury and uh, questionable. He's week to week right now for Atlanta United. We'll see. But the shape is interesting between the two teams and how it might compare because Philadelphia in their lineup graphic showed a little bit more uh, of a five-man back line or three center backs and two wing backs. I think very quickly it shifted into their more traditional 4-4-2 diamond in the match after the first goal. So how will Atlanta's new, and I, I use air quotes on that, shape look against a team that is structured similarly we'll find out as we go but we knew there were going to be changes to the lineup this weekend and one of those was Yakamaki's like I mentioned with the hamstring issue uh it'd be a, a big ask for him to be able to to jump back into the team we're waiting on the availability report that'll come out later on Friday uh, to confirm, so if you're listening to this after that and you're wondering why I don't know if he's going to play or not, well, the availability report has not been published uh, as of this morning. Two, you knew that Franco Ibarra was suspended due to yellow card accumulation. I, I thought it was a bad yellow card decision to, to give him, but you knew he was going to be out for this game, so Atlanta United would have to replace him in the holding midfield. Now, they have signed Tristan Muyumba from the second division in France from Guingamp, but he's got to go through the visa process now. So that could take two to four weeks for him to be available for the team for selection. He's got to train, he's got to get, I think, fully integrated into the group. So he was not going to be the solution, even though that signing became official this week. We also did not know at the time on Sunday when we were leaving that Franco Ibarra would be loaned out. Now, his loan destination has not been announced as of yet, but he will not be with the team for the second half of the season. Uh, this is a, a, a complicated situation when you look at a roster build in Major League Soccer, and Andrew Gutman was also traded to the Colorado Rapids, talked about that on stoppage time this week, which you can also listen to in the Off the Woodwork folder. So two significant players out, one significant player coming in. Carlos Bocanegra talked about more significant players coming in as well. Speaking of Carlos, let's let's hear from Bocanegra from the training ground on Thursday speaking about what's coming for Atlanta United in this upcoming window. It's just strengthening the team and giving us a bit more balance. Um, and, and I think you know we, we've done really well scored. I think we're second or third most goals scored. I think we're second or third most goals conceded, right? So having a little bit more balance, uh, giving us some strength and depth and cover in, in, in other areas, that's really the goal to to kind of have a push into the playoffs uh, and have a strong end to the season. But everything we do is trying to improve the team, um, and, and that's how we look at it. I mentioned it before, the one move that has been officially announced with an incoming player is Tristan Muyomba coming in from Guingamp in the second division in France. Here's Carlos Bocanegra speaking about his qualities and what he can bring to the team. Yeah, so we're, we're really excited to have uh, Tristan come in and join the midfield. Um, I think in the press release I, I talked about it, but he's kind of an all-action midfielder. So 
can help uh, on the defensive side by recovering balls, winning tackles, re, you know, covering a lot of ground, um, pressing out and pressing high with the ability to recover for a transition. Uh, also, he's comfortable getting the ball off the defenders and helping us progress forward or getting it a little bit higher in the field and progressing it forward. Um, so uh, I would describe him as, as a very uh, an athletic all-action midfielder that is very versatile and he can, he can play uh, various roles that, depending on where Gonzalez sees him uh, uh, that, that weekend. Going to be a fascinating summer here in Atlanta with the transfer window now open, and it's open for a little less than a month. There will be more incoming players, as Bocanegra spoke about on Thursday. Uh, there will possibly be more outgoing players. We're waiting to hear more on Tiago Almada and what his transfer saga could look like. That might come later in August, just depending on timelines of the clubs who are interested it's going to be a very interesting time. We will try to keep you posted on all of it as it happens here at 92.9 The Game and Off the Woodwork and Stoppage Time and Atlanta Soccer Tonight and Five Stripes Countdown and full-time reports as well. And obviously, we'll be talking about these things in the games. Speaking of the games, let's go back to the lineup tweak against Philadelphia. And I think it's a strong possibility that we see that again in Montreal Here's Ronald Hernandez, who moved in to play as a center back in that one. Here's Hernandez talking about the differences in playing in that role. And then I, I followed up by asking him about the communication that he got from Porata and from Brad Kazan. Here's Ronald Hernandez after training on Thursday. Uh, the position. I think the position in the, in the game, uh, a little bit more inside. And then sometimes, like... Uh, I feel like I can go up, you know, because my I've been playing as a fullback most of the, my life. So uh, I think that feeling that going up kind of missing. But you know, I gotta be able to to read the game, to be able to to know what I, what was my directions and apply that. How helpful was it with Juano and Brad both kind of organizing things with vocally? Yeah, very helpful. Uh, I know with Brad as is our leader, so having uh, him in my back is always provide confidence. Uh, Juanjo uh, is very good communicator, so uh, also Luis. So we, I think we we did very well with the communication. Uh, some some things we gotta still improve, but I think. We, we did a, a positive impact in the game. All right, let's bounce over and look at the opposition. Club de Foot Montreal, they're coming in after their first loss at home in a long, long time against NYCFC, a, a volley from Matias Pellegrini. Montreal ended up losing that 1-0. Here's Hernan Losada, their manager, new this season for Montreal, speaking about Atlanta and his fans in Montreal at Stade Saputo. And the, the second one, Atlanta. Well, Atlanta, guys, Atlanta is a good team with a lot of quality, a lot of, a lot of individual quality, a team who is constantly investing a lot, a lot of millions to be fighting for, for the MLS Cup. So it's going to be a very complicated game, but we have to build again, 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 a new home reputation. It came to an end, unfortunately, 
last game, but we go again with our fans. I have to say I was completely surprised, pleased, and and incredibly proud of the support of our fans with the weather we had uh, last weekend. It was incredible. Even with the rain and the delay, people was there supporting us, and I think that's that's something amazing that we are going to need all the home games we, we still have remaining. It had been eight straight wins at home, all with clean sheets in all competitions for Montreal. That was broken up by NYC on the weekend. How will they bounce back after that? And it's going to be an interesting one when you see what Montreal is missing. And they do get Samuel Piet expected to be back on the bench, at least in this one. He missed the last game. The other three players who were injured and missed out last time will all miss out this time. Lassie Lapalainen, Romel Kyoto, Matthew Schwanier. And Schwanier is an all-star for Montreal, he's out with an ankle injury. Kyoto with a hamstring injury and Lapalainen dealing with a sports hernia. Montreal will also be missing two players to the Gold Cup, Zachary Brogiard and Aaron Herrera. Brogiard with Canada, Herrera with Guatemala. Both advanced, and it was a little dicey for a while there in the last group stage match, but they both advanced. Now, on the Atlanta United side, when you talk about Gold Cup, Miles Robinson still with the U.S. men's national team. But Jay Fortune, back from Gold Cup duty with Trinidad and Tobago. They were eliminated. Derek Etienne, back from Gold Cup duty with Haiti. They were eliminated. So they're both back in the fold this week for Atlanta United. Will be very interesting to see what the lineup looks like from the Atlanta perspective with Yakamakis dealing with the hamstring with Ibarra suspended and now gone who will play the six who will play up top I think Miguel Barry up top is a very likely solution although the new shape does give you a little more flexibility if you're Gonzalo Pineda in terms of some interchangeability in that role you, you could play someone more like a Tyler Wolf or a Machope Chol who is maybe not your prototypical number nine and you're looking for the interchange with that attacking trio now Montreal it looks a little bit more like one behind two. Probably in this match, Bryce Duke behind Mason Toy and Sunusi Ibrahim. Uh, could be Jules Anthony Vilsaint, who came off the bench and I, I thought looked pretty dangerous off the bench for Montreal in that one. Uh, Chinoso Ofor is another possibility for Montreal. He's got three goals on the season. But on the Atlanta side, it looked more like two behind one in that front three. And that Again, I think it opens the door potentially to a little bit different look. Derek Etienne can factor into that role as well. He's played as a nine before in his career. So going to be very interesting to see how Gonzalo Pineda solves that issue. The sixth position, I think you're looking at Santiago Sosa and Osvaldo Alonso. How fit are they? Sosa's had a more of a short-term ankle injury. Alonzo, obviously, still coming back from ACL surgery. Uh, can he get you into the second half if he starts? Can Sosa play 60 minutes? I don't have the answers to either one of those just yet. Mateus Hosechu can play 90 minutes, and he could play the six as well. Again, with the, the structure of the team in this kind of a setup with three center backs, your six is a little different than it was in a 4-3-3 where you're asking the six more often than not to be by themselves. You have a box 
So you can play, I think, a little bit more of a, a less defensively minded player like a Hosechu in the box there with a Sadich, who I thought was very, very good in that role. Um, and you also have the support from the other two players in front of you. And Tiago Almada was one Machoke Chol started. Tyler Wolf finished in the last match. This shape for Atlanta United and what it what doors it opens for the team. It is a subtle change. It is moving a right back, in this case, Ronald Hernandez, inside as a right center back. It's pushing Brooks Lennon, who has played right back, up to right wing back. It's pushing Caleb Wiley, who could play left back, up to a left wing back. It's a slight rearranging of the positions, and it's taking away a true winger and creating wing backs but also then adding a center back, and instead of wingers, you have that kind of, I mean, I, I call it a joker, it, you can call it whatever you want. It, it's a an attacking central midfielder that can pop out wide. And Machop Chol told us on the full-time report what he was looking to do often in that first half on Sunday against Philly was find those combinations with Brooks Lennon to send him in. That's what you want that position to do. Tiago Almada on the other side, a little bit different. But on that right side of the box up front, you're looking for somebody who can be a little bit of a winger, a little bit of a forward, a little bit of a 10, and a little bit of an 8 at times. And that's that's an interesting one to interpret. And I thought Chol interpreted it in, in, a, in a good way. I don't think his production matched the level of play and understanding of what the role needed to be. Got to produce more. That's what it comes down to ultimately. But more time in that position, Machop Chol could be a fascinating solution in that role. Derek Etienne also can give you a lot of very interesting things in that position too because he's a player who can play through the middle but has played as a winger as well and as a number nine. So I'm intrigued to see if Etienne gets the opportunity in that role. A lot of it depends on how he comes back from the Gold Cup and how he's looked in training this week. So quickly going through the the Montreal lineup, they have a very good young goalkeeper in Jonathan Sirois, 22 years old from Montreal, joined their academy in 2015. He's been the architect of that shutout streak at, at home that was broken up by NYC. Three center backs in front of him last time out. It was Gabriele Corbo, Rudy Camacho, and Joel Waterman. Waterman is a very underrated player in this league. The 27-year-old Canadian came up from the Canadian Premier League. Fourth year with Montreal. He's got a goal and an assist, but he's the the very technical one for me. Corbo gives you some of that as well, and he can push up a little bit higher, the young Italian. But Waterman is just a really good fit for Hernan Lozada's style of play. The two holding midfielders in front of the three center backs, Nathan Saliba, 19 years old, joined the academy in 2016. He started eight games this year, would probably be in line to start another one here. Um, Possibilities, you you could go with Ahmed Hamdi, who's a player that I've always liked, the Egyptian, but seems to be out of favor when it comes to Lasada. Saliba and Victor Wanyama is the likely holding midfield duo. Wanyama, 32 years old, Kenyan national team, last with Tottenham Hotspur. One assist, but he's played in 19 games, 17 starts. Uh, They re-signed him ahead of the season. He's another one who I think understands what Lasada wants in that role, and his experience is a really good fit. 
Sean Rhea is on the right side as a wing back. Ariel Lassiter on the left side. Lassiter, a converted attacker, so defensively he's going to have some liabilities, but he's going to be able to get forward and be dangerous. The 28-year-old veteran of the league. He's played in Miami, Houston, the Galaxy, Costa Rican national team. He's got a goal and two assists this season. On that left side, so dealing with potentially Brooks Lennon, that's a matchup that Atlanta United will look to exploit if that's the case in this one. If Montreal doesn't change anything there, that's a tough ask for Ariel Lassiter defensively. Rhea, 21 years old, joined the academy in 2014. He's been in the Canadian Youth National Team pool. I thought he looked good and looked dangerous against NYC, and he's another one who wants to get forward Matched up with Caleb Wiley on his side, that's a tough ask defensively. So how does how do the wingbacks look in this game? I feel like Atlanta's got a huge advantage there. Attacking trio, mentioned it earlier, Bryce Duke, Mason Toy, Sanusi Ibrahim. Duke's got two goals and two assists since coming over to Montreal earlier this season. Toy back from injury, two goals and five starts. Ibrahim, one goal, two assists in eight starts. He's played in 17 games. Very young attacking trio. Duke's 22, Toy's 24, uh, Ibrahim's 20. They're very athletic. I think Toy and Ibrahim especially, they've got good pace. They're going to give Atlanta some problems in that regard. I really like Bryce Duke, and I think he's a, a perfect fit for the system. I'll be fascinated to see over time how Schwanier and Duke end up playing together. That's two creative ball players for Montreal, and Schwanier can give you the defensive side as well. Um, do you create a little bit more of the box like Atlanta's doing with a four-man midfield as opposed to a midfield trio like we saw from Montreal last time out and two forwards? Is it more like Atlanta with two behind one with Schwanier back into the team? It's my gut feeling. We'll see what Erdan Lasada does. This team is going to press. They're going to be difficult for Atlanta to play through. But when they get the ball back, they're going to want to keep the ball. They're going to want to work with the ball. That's the difference between Montreal and your Philadelphias and your New York Red Bulls. I think Aaron Lasada is a very strong believer in his game model. Uh, it's kind of adapted from Marcelo Bielsa. Lasada's still a young coach. Uh, didn't work out in D.C. for him. Worked out pretty well for him in his previous stop at Beershot in Belgium, where he played as a player. Um I think he's a good coach. I think the question for Aaron Lasada is, can he convince the players of his style of play leading them to success? And I think we saw in D.C. that that convincing fell off over time. It's still early days generally in Montreal. You know, you're, you're into the second half of his first season there. With the talent they have, and especially with the talent maybe they lost last season – I think he's doing a good job. I think he's got them producing more than maybe on paper you would expect. And that's the sign of a good coach. I don't think it's going to be an easy job here for Atlanta United at Stad Saputo. Uh, eight games in a row, eight clean sheets, eight wins before the loss to NYC. That tells you all you need to know. This is a, a venue that can be very loud, very intimidating. The fans are right on top of the field, and it's a, a great fan base in Montreal. I think this will be a really fun game to call. I think it'll be a really fun game for the neutrals. I think it might be a stressful game for the people who are bleeding red, black, and gold, and it's not going to be easy, but 
looking at it from the Atlanta United perspective, I really like the wingback matchups. I really like Brooks Lennon and Caleb Wiley in this one. The six is the biggest question mark. How is that solved? Is it more of a ball player like a Mateus Sosetsu? Is it maybe the strongest defender when it comes to that role in Santiago Sosa, just from what we've seen over previous years? Or are you betting on the experience of an Osvaldo Alonso with maybe the questions of how long can he play at a high level in this one? Because he hasn't started since coming back. Last start was in D.C. when he injured his ACL in in 2022. I don't know the answer to that yet. We're going to find out an hour before kickoff. So about 640 or so, lineups will come out. We'll talk about it on the Five Stripes Countdown. We will break it all down there for you. And then kickoff at 739, full-time report to follow after the final whistle. We're going to try to have it set up to where you can hear from Gonzalo Pineda from Stad Saputo. We're going to work on that for you. Looking forward to this. This is one of my favorite stadiums in the league. It's a very different kind of venue than many others around the league. A great city to visit. I know there's a lot of 17s making the trip for this one. Really looking forward to Atlanta United and Club de Foot Montreal on Saturday night. Thanks for hanging out on another March to Match Day. Next week, it's a busy week for Atlanta United with New England Revolution trip to Foxborough on Wednesday. Back home to host Orlando. We will have Atlanta soccer tonight on Monday night, normal time, 11 p.m. You can always listen as a podcast after the fact on demand. Stoppage time. The plan is to do it from Foxborough on Wednesday, so stay tuned on that. We'll try to nail that down for you. Uh, might be a little bit more of a Q&A kind of deal, uh, a little bit shorter time period, but we're going to hope to have something for you there on Wednesday. And then... March to Match Day will come out on Tuesday for that and on Friday for Orlando. And all that will be on the Off the Woodwork podcast folder and on the Odyssey app. Thanks for hanging out with me for another March to Match Day. Let's get ready for Atlanta and Montreal. Some poutine is in the future for me and for Mike Conti. And we'll be with you from Stad Saputo on Saturday night. Adios, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 